chapter number 24, and I want to draw your attention to a verse this morning that I pray will be a help and encouragement to you. Uh, One that we see, and and this is a a statement that you're going to find made in this passage of Scripture, and, and one of my questions this morning will be found in the midst of this passage of Scripture. Because there, there are many Christians that are going about and they're living their lives and they're doing this and they're doing that. And they're, they're kind of, if you would, going through the motions. But there are some times when you are sitting there in your seat or maybe you're having a conversation. You come in contact with another child of God and you're maybe having a conversation. And maybe you're just watching them from afar and you say there's something different about them. The, the way that they, they talk, the, the, the way that they live their lives, the things that they do, the, the way that they conduct themselves, the, the spirit of their service to people and to the Lord, it's just, it's different. And notice what the Bible says, if you would, for just a moment, in verse number 30. And actually, back on up, if you would, for just a minute, to verse number 28. The Bible says, And they drew nigh into the village, whither they went, and he made it as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent, and he went in to tarry with them. It came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them, and their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures? They rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them. And notice verse number 32 one more time. If you would, right in the middle, they asked this question. They said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? There are people you come in contact with. Uh, sometimes it might just be a, uh, an individual that you've just recently met. Maybe it's a church member. Maybe it's a, an individual off the street that tells you that they're a, a Christian, that the Lord has changed their life. And all of a sudden you begin to realize some things about that individual. And sometimes you might recognize that, that that individual is someone that is sold out to the Lord, that they have given their lives to the Lord, that they're not going to turn and look back. They're moving forward because the Lord has done a change in their life. And very simply, we find this to be true, that their heart is on fire. Their heart is burning within them. There is something that has taken place, and you begin to see this, and the difference that the Lord, His will, and His word has made in their lives. Some things you begin to take notice of is the, the, the fragrance of Christ, if you would, is upon them if they, as they have spent time with Jesus, their, their attitude, their actions, the way that they communicate everything, it begins to show that they have spent time with Jesus. There are times whenever you'll be having that conversation or you will be in the presence of that individual and you'll understand in that moment they've been t- spending some time with the Lord. It's clear. It's evident. The Lord is doing a work in their life. You can see it. You can understand it. You know that is true. Not only the fragrance of Christ is upon them in their lives, but their faith inspires you. As you see them and the time that they have spent with the Lord and their heart is burning within because they understand that Jesus has done a work in their life and they must give their life to him. All of a sudden, their faith inspires you to practice your faith and to live out your faith and to strengthen your faith, if you would. 
It's something that begins to take place, and you see it lived out in their own life, and their testimony of the Lord's faithfulness in their life, and them being faithful to the Lord and His Word and His will and His ways, and everything, it begins to make an impact in your life. Not only do you begin to think about the faith, but you think about their passion. Their passion for the Lord begins to uh, maybe make you examine your own life. You begin to ask the question because if we're being honest right this very moment, there are times when we're sitting in a church service or we're sitting in a, a revival meeting, a missions conference. We come in contact with a missionary. We come in contact with another Christian, and we begin to, to ask ourselves the question, why am I not doing more? They're doing so much for God. They're, they're sold out. They're, they're living for Him. They're, they're experiencing the blessings of God every single day because they're yielded. Why am I not doing more? You ask yourself that question. You think about their passion, their faith, the, the, the way that they're living their lives, their courage and boldness and witnessing for Christ. It encourages you. You ever been out soul winning? Maybe stopped in at a gas station? Maybe went to a grocery store? In a public place of any, any, any public place you can think of, and maybe you're there with another Christian, or maybe you're there with a, an individual that is a preacher, a missionary, a pastor, whatever. You're just there with someone who is sharing the gospel, and you can see the courage and boldness. And you're standing there, and you're almost in awe that it's just natural. That, it, that the conversation is just going, and they, they begin to ask the individual questions. Hey, if you were to die right now, do you know where you'd spend eternity? They might a- answer the question, no, I don't know. And they, they just begin to, to have a conversation. Well, oh, look, the Lord changed my life. Let me tell you a little bit about it. And just so you know, the Lord can change your life too. And all of a sudden, you're standing there, and you're just kind of in awe of the courage and boldness. And so you get into the vehicle with that individual, and as you're sitting there, you look over at them, or maybe you're sitting at lunch, and you look at them, and you say, I could never do what you just did. And they say, well, what are you talking about? Well, how you just naturally just started a conversation, asked that person if they were going to go to heaven or hell, and you began to share your testimony and told them that the Lord could change your life. I could never do that. I just don't have it in me to do that. You're going to see here in just a moment the difference that Christ made in these individuals' lives. You think about their faithfulness in serving the Lord, obeying His will, and refusing to quit. You see, all of these things begin to reveal that there's a heart that is burning for God to do something great for Him because of what God has done for us. You see, He's worthy. What the Lord has done in our lives, He is worthy of our lives. And as you begin to come in contact with Christians who are sold out, it begins to make a difference. We've said this for years, but enthusiasm rubs off on people. And every single one of us is enthusiastic about something. You come in contact sometimes with, with parents whose, whose children are, are great at a certain sport or great at a, a certain activity or they can play a, a musical instrument. In the very first moment you come into their presence, they want to tell you about their children. You, you begin to talk to someone who is just uh, mesmerized by something in the, the world, whether it's a sporting event or whether it's a, an athlete or whether it's a, uh, an activity or whatever they catch me in, that you come in their presence, they just want to talk about that. Why? Because they're enthusiastic about it. They're passionate about it. All of a sudden, you find yourself getting a little bit excited yourself. And you're thinking, I don't have a clue what he's talking about, but I'm, I'm excited about this. Can you imagine what God could do in every single one of our lives if we would be enthusiastic about the Lord in our life and the difference that he has made in our life and the change that he has made in our life? What God could do. 
And so notice what the Bible says in verse number 32 again, because as you find in chapter number 24, if you start from the very beginning, these two individuals were discouraged. They were, they were down, if you would. They were discouraged, depressed. They were going through some things. And in verse number 32, the Bible says, And they said one to another, This is the difference Christ can make in your life right here. The difference that Jesus can make in your life. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way? While he opened to us the scriptures, they rose up the same hour. You see, they came discouraged. They left encouraged. Well, what's the difference? Jesus. Jesus. You see, as you study Scripture, you'll find that when God gets a hold of someone's life, all of a sudden you see the difference. You say, well, I'm timid. When God gets a hold of your life, you won't be timid anymore. You'll be bold. You say, well, I'm quiet. I just can't do those things. When God gets a hold of your life, you can't help but speak of him. You see, you study Scripture. Notice what the Bible says concerning Paul's life. Paul said this in Philippians chapter number 3, verses 8. 9 and 10. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Jesus Christ, or faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. You see, Paul had a heart that was burning for Christ. Everywhere he went, he didn't care if you housed him. He didn't care if you fed him. He didn't care if you gave him money. He didn't care what you gave him. He just wanted the opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. As you study each of his writings, you'll find that in many of Paul's writings, he is always trying to point people to Jesus. He's always trying to give praise to the Lord. He's always trying to let it be known, I don't do this for me. I do this for him. And he goes on in Philippians chapter number 3 and says that I may know him. It speaks of a heart that was on fire for the Lord. You study scripture, you'll find the apostle John says this as he understood the importance of God's word and God's ways in 1 John chapter number 2. Verse 3, and hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. In 1 John 2, 5, but whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. The Apostle John understood this, that as I have a heart that burns for the Lord, I want to know his commandments and I want to do his commandments. There are times whenever you will come in contact with someone and maybe you're living and your life is, 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 is one that is an example, a testimony of the grace of God in someone's life. And someone will come up to you and they will ask you this question, why are you doing that? And all of a sudden, you'll begin to relay to them that in God's word, the word of God says this. And so you find this principle and this truth in God's word. And so therefore, you live it out. Why? Because you understood what the commandment was and to live out the commandment. You see, Apostle John very simply lays that out for us. Notice Enoch for just a moment. Enoch understood the importance of walking with the Lord and his heart was on fire for the Lord to live for the Lord and walk with the Lord. As the Bible tells us in Genesis. Verse number 23 and 24 of chapter number 5. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and 5 years. And Enoch walked with God. He was not, for God took him. And Enoch walked with God. You see, as you study Scripture, you come in contact with many individuals. Peter, if you were to go and you were to think about Peter and John, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter number 4 and 13, 
Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant, men, hey, these men have nothing to offer. They're ignorant. They're unlearned. They have nothing to offer. But the Bible tells us they were marveling, and they took knowledge of them and that they had been with Jesus. You see, when you're with Jesus and you're spending time with Jesus, you can't help but tell people about Jesus. You can't speak, help but speak of the things which you have seen and heard. Daniel, for just a moment, had a heart that was burning for God. Daniel chapter number 6, verse number 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. His heart was on fire for the Lord. He was living for the Lord. He was praying. He was doing what he was supposed to do. Hey, there's a decree. You're not allowed to pray. Okay, watch this. I'm going to go and pray. Why? Because his heart was on fire. He couldn't help but do that which he knew was right. In Daniel chapter number 1, you're going to eat of the king's meat. No, we're not. Hey, give us this. Give us this provision if you would. The Bible tells us that they were found three or ten times better. Why? Because their heart was burning for Christ. Can I ask you this question this morning? When was the last time truly that you acknowledged that, you know what, my heart is burning for the things of God and to live for them? These two individuals that we're introduced to, they're put through some tests, if you would, not, not major tests. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 28 again. And they drew nigh into the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. Here's, here's the first test right here. Making it as, go, as though he was going to go a little further. Let's see, see what they're going to say. Let's see what their desire is. Do they just want to experience blessing? Do they want to sit down? What are they exactly wanting? And the Bible tells us, but they constrained him. They constrained him. They stopped him, if you would, and they earnestly requested to abide with us, for it is toward the evening, and the day is far spent, and he went in to tarry with them. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time that you so badly wanted to spend time with the Lord, not so that you could be heard, just so that you could hear him? You see, that's one of the flaws in many of our lives is that when we offer our prayers, it's not so we can hear a word from the Lord, it's so the Lord can hear a word from us. But all the while, the Lord is saying, hey, you've been hearing a lot of voices, except the one that matters. Notice this for just a moment. Gentlemen, if you could turn the lights off for just a moment, if you would, up here. Maybe not on the back, but if you could turn the ones off back here, up here for me for just a moment. I want you to think about this and see this for just a moment, because this is a visual illustration that I hope will be a help to you. And uh, you might can see it. Can you see that? Everybody see that? Can you see that in the far back? Everybody see it? Brother Phil, can you see this? You see it? All right. There are many voices in this world. And with voices that are in our ears, oftentimes it begins to cloud our judgment. What are we giving ourselves to? What are we watching? What are we listening to? Who are we giving our, our attention to? And as the voices begin to increase in our lives, our lives begin to unwind, if you would. They begin to get faster and faster. As we begin to go, time just goes, and we just continue to go with it. And you begin to think about this. As time goes, so does the flame. And all of a sudden, at some point in time, the flame begins to die out. And we begin to look back, and we say, where did all of this take place? What happened, if you would? The lights went out in a, a, a church building one time. And the pastor asked the secretary, he, he said, hey, would you go, and would you get candles to light the auditorium? 
And so she's getting these candles. She's lighting them in the, the, the foyer, and she's making sure that she can get to the, the auditorium to get these candles handed out. And as she is walking, she realizes a very vital lesson concerning the Christian life. That sometimes if we're not careful, we're going and our, our flame is dying out because we're going too fast. But as we go at the pace of the Lord, we begin to realize it's a slow and steady pace and the flame doesn't die out. She looked at the pastor and she said, I now realize why they, when they had candles, would go so much slower. She said, why is that? She said, because it kept the flame a-going. You begin to realize the faster we go in this life, all the voices, that all of a sudden we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to hear that still small voice. We're not giving ourselves the opportunity to go at the pace of the Lord because we think it needs to be done in our timing. All the while as we go in our time and we find out that the flame dies. The Lord says, no, go in my timing. You say, Lord, you're making me stand still. I'm doing a work, child. Don't worry. I'm preparing you for something. I'm guiding you. You don't have to worry about anything. And so now you're going at the pace of the Lord. And as you're going at the pace of the Lord, you can still see that flame. Because the Lord tells us in the word of God that we should be a light to this lost and dying world. When we're given to so many voices, they can't hear our voice. They can't see our light because at one point in time, it goes out. As you begin to think about a burning heart for just a few moments, as you begin to think about what is taking place in this passage of Scripture and what is going on, notice right here that they came discouraged, if you would. And as you come to verse number 32, the Bible tells us, Did not our heart burn within us while we talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the Scriptures and they rose up the same hour? There are times in our lives, just to, so you can understand this, we're going to get to verse number 32 here in just a moment. But in verse number 33, it reveals that they were encouraged, they were helped, they were challenged, they were moved. There are times in our lives whenever we find out big news. As a child, there were times whenever we would go on vacation. And you know how this goes. You're leaving on maybe a Friday afternoon or a Saturday morning after dad gets off work. Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, you're waiting, and uh, Friday night, Dad gets off work. All the preparation is about to take place. You're packing up the vehicle. You're planning the vacation. You're excited, and what happens? You go to bed, and you can't sleep, can you? Why? Because you're so excited. You can't contain yourself. You can't help it. You, 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 you are excited, beyond excited. You can't wait for Saturday morning to come. All the while, you're not going to sleep at all Friday night. You're not sleeping well at all because you're too excited. As you come to this passage of Scripture, I imagine the time that they had spent with Jesus offered so much excitement that it was as though it was an adrenaline rush that they could travel and they could commune, they could talk about what they have just experienced. Encouraged. You see, as you spend time with the Lord, you'll find in many of our lives that there are times whenever the Lord is trying to do a work in our lives and we begin to realize that Peter and John, the Apostle John, you begin to realize that Paul, you begin to realize that Enoch, all of these individuals, we come in contact in Scripture and see that their heart was on fire for God, that they were doing a work for the Lord, that they could not stop the work. Paul was beaten Paul was stoned. Paul was left for dead. Paul, you can stop serving. He says, I cannot, that I may win Christ. I cannot, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. 
the fellowship of his sufferings. Enoch, you've walked with God long enough. You can stop now. I must continue. Nehemiah, you can come down from that wall and talk to the enemy and just have a conversation. You can be very nice to them. No, why should I stop the work for the enemy when there's a great work that needs to be done? A burning heart. As you come to these two individuals, I want you to notice just a couple of things. Because in verse number 29, the Bible tells us that they constrained him. And a couple of things leading into this, you begin to see their, their, their plea of offering, if you were to say it that way, as they say, abide with us. They desired it so greatly that he would stay and spend time with us. As you begin to think about them per- persuading him, they begin to say in verse number 29, they constrained him. There are times whenever my daughter will do this and she will want something so badly and she thinks that those big brown eyes are going to just melt daddy's eyes or melt daddy's heart. And early on it used to, but then she got an attitude, and now it don't no more. <laughs> but there are times whenever she wants something so badly that she'll grab a hold of my leg, and she'll look at me, and she'll say, please, Daddy. And I'll say, get off of me. <laughs> you know? But they constrain him. I need you to stay abide with us. And as he, they, as he stayed you begin to see their passion. The Bible says, did not our heart burn within us? You see, there are times in the Christian life whenever you'll be sitting in the house of God and you'll get so tired of hearing the same things over and over like this. Christian, you need to spend time in the Word of God. Christian, you you need to spend time in prayer. Christian, you, you need to get active in the service of the Lord and be faithful to the house of God. You need to, get, you need to do these things. We get tired of those things. You're, you're looking for some mystical answer to all of your problems. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to read. I know I'm supposed to pray. I know I'm supposed to be in the house of God. I know I'm supposed to serve. But what about? All the while, we're missing and neglecting the things that we know to do we begin to realize in this portion of Scripture that they ask the question, did not our hearts burn because they had spent time with the Lord? You see, every opportunity that you are given, whether it's in Bible reading, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in the house of God, whether it's serving the Lord, those are the opportunities the Lord is dealing with you right then and there. And he's saying, hey, I want to use you. I want to deal with you. I want to speak to you. I want to show myself unto you. So notice these three things concerning their life and the difference you see. Number one, we see the character when they their hearts burn, their character when their hearts burn. They came onto the scene discouraged. They left the scene encouraged. You see, the difference maker was Jesus. As they make this statement, that not our hearts burn within us. When did those hearts burn? Not while we were able just to sit together. Not while we were able to do this. Not while we saw this. Notice what the Bible says. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked? While he talked. One of the dangers in the Christian life is, and we all fall into this sometimes, is thinking that we have more to say than Jesus has to say. Someone comes to you needing advice, and you think you've got it all figured out, and you never once point them to the Lord. They, they come to you with a broken heart, and you think that you've got it all figured out, and you never once spend time in prayer with them and point them to Jesus. And you find they weren't encouraged because they were sitting together. Their hearts didn't they, they had done that many times. Their heart burned, as the Bible tells us right here in verse number 32, while he talked with us. 
Notice with, you, with me, if you would, their character when their hearts burn. There are some things in Scripture we find that we encourage ourselves there. We're encouraged to move forward for the Lord. We find as we allow ourselves to be yielded to the Lord and our hearts burn for the Lord, that we are encouraged to move forward for the Lord. We're encouraged in a couple of areas that gives us, or the Lord gives us confidence to believe Him and trust Him by faith for great things. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and answer and, and call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We're looking for those great and mighty things. Lord, do something, but we haven't been calling on him. We find that our faith is tested and it's tried, and we find confidence in him. We find that there is joy when we recognize the cause of Christ. David, David understood something when the battle was going on and none of them were de- taking action. He walks onto the scene. He says, is there not a cause? Is he not worthy? But you find when you recognize the cause of Christ, you find great joy. You see, serving the Lord and the joy that you find in serving the Lord, if you find joy in serving the Lord only when you see the fruit Instead of just doing it regardless of the fruit because he's worthy, that's where the true joy is found. Because it's not in the fruit itself, it's in him. You see, when all of a sudden we start looking at our fruit in our lives and saying, look what I've accomplished, we've missed it. It's not about us. It's all about him. When we recognize the, the cause of Christ, we find great joy. The desire in our, in, to invest our lives in others and be involved in the Lord's work. Man, what great in, encouragement we find in that. The hope we have about his coming. The great hymn, what a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. The one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. The hope we find in Christ about his coming. The encouragements to move forward are found in the command to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The encouragement to move forward for the Lord is found in the persuasion to be persistent, prayerful, and full of praise, always looking to the Lord and saying, Lord, regardless of my circumstances, you are always good. You know, one of the dangers of singing a a hymn that we just sang or a song such as God is so good is that we can go through the motions of singing. Yeah, I know this one. God is so good. Yep, the next one is he answers prayer. Yep, he's coming again, and we just go through the motions. But when you stop for a few minutes, and if you were to sing it, and really pause and think about the goodness of God in your life, why is he good? God is so good. God is so good. He's so good. Why? You begin to pause for just a few moments, and you begin to think about that. You know what he really is? He answers prayer. He answers my prayer. He's coming again. The hope I have in him. He's so good to me. You begin to think and pause and stop going through the motions of singing these things. You begin to realize just how wonderful he truly is. You see, their character changed. They became encouraged. They walked into the scene discouraged. They left encouraged because of some of this. Notice with me in verse number 32. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way? So you see that their character was influenced by their encouragement of what the Lord had done and just his presence alone. But then notice what the Bible says as you continue reading. And while he opened to us the scriptures. 
What about their character? Not only their encouragement, but their exhortation, as you find from God's Word. You see, their heart began to burn when they got into the Word and they understood as He was expounding upon this. You ever been sitting in a uh, service or you bear, maybe a, a Sunday school class or and some of you are taking college courses, you're sitting there and the, the, the teacher or the preacher is expounding upon a pastor's scripture and you're sitting over there and you're like, wow, I never knew that. And you're excited. Why? Because you've just seen something that you had not seen previously. There are times in our lives when the Lord begins to do that, you find in scripture. Acts chapter number 4, verse number 20 Again, a reminder of their excitement, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. 1 Corinthians nine sixteen. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. The exhortation. God's word. You see, many times you'll be sitting in a service and the preacher will say, or you'll be asking for advice, and the preacher will ask you, well, how's your, your Bible reading? And you get annoyed with that question. Oh, I'm trying to figure out the solution to my problem, and you're asking about my Bible reading. It's not really there, okay? I don't read much. And the preacher looks at you and says, well, there's part of your problem. And you're thinking, how is me not reading my Bible and me searching for direction to answer this problem? <laughs> it's kind of humorous sometimes. But you find so much exhortation from God's word to fuel us to move forward, and it burns within us. And then notice what the Bible says in verse number 32, because this is key. They said one to another. They said one to another. One to another speaks of the fellowship with the brethren over Christ's dealings in our lives. It encourages us. Jacob, come on up here for just a moment. If we're both sitting in the same service and God begins, come on up here for me. God begins to deal with us. We're sitting there. Go ahead and sit right there. And we're sitting and we're listening to the preaching of God's word. And we're both just soaking it up. All of a sudden, within both of our lives, God begins to do such a deep work that our hearts burn within us. And all of a sudden, we're leaving. And we just can't stop talking about it. We, we can't stop talking about, did, did you, I had never seen that before. And the way that he was expounding upon that, and the way the word of God just began to open, I mean, it, it, wow. And all of a sudden he begins to do the same thing. We're getting excited about this. We're talking about this. Why? Not because of anything we have done, but because of the dealings of Christ within our lives, we begin to fellowship on one common thing, how wonderful our Savior is. Notice what the Bible says right here. The Bible says, and they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us? Hey, I don't know about you. Did God do in your heart what he did in my heart? In that I mean, that, that message, that passage of Scripture changed my life. All of a sudden, we begin to fellowship together. We find great joy in it. You can be seated. The Bible reminds us of great fellowship that we can find here. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance friend. The fellowship we find. In verse number 32, they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures? Number two, not only their character, 
when their hearts burn, but we see the cause of their hearts burning. Once again, we won't expound on this much. It's the word. Christ. His presence. There are times whenever you might come to the house of God. And if you ever come to the house of God and you desire to fellowship with people instead of fellowshipping with the Lord himself and hearing a word from the Lord, you've come for the wrong reason. Because it's when God shows up in a meeting, it's when God shows up and it's as though you know he's right there dealing with you specifically. And you say, it's so real, I understand, and your heart burns. You can't help but just speak of what he's done in your life. And so we see the cause of their hearts burning. Number three, and finally, we see the change because of their hearts burning. Verse number three, 33. And they rose up the same hour. You see, they had come on to the scene discouraged. And they had left encouraged. My mind goes to this passage of Scripture of Mary, where the Bible tells us that she hid these things in her heart. The Bible is very clear in Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You're asking and you're praying and you're desiring for the Lord to do a great work in your life right this very moment. Maybe you've come in contact with people and you say, there's something different about them. They just always seem happy in the Lord. They just always are, 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 are serving the Lord with great joy. and They're, they're, they're talking about the Lord and all this. I, I, what, what am I not doing? When was the last time that you desired to get into the presence of the Lord, not so that you could be heard, but that you could hear him? When was the last time that you got alone with the Lord, you set aside the distractions, you didn't have the devices around, you didn't have the TV on, you didn't have any distraction at all, and you just opened the Word of God, not so that you could say that you found something, but just so simply you could hear a word from the Lord. When was the last time you served the Lord with great intensity, not because you wanted to be seen or you wanted to be heard or you wanted to be pat on the back, just simply because He is worthy? The Bible is very clear about this burning heart and many others that we find in Scripture. Their hearts burned while he talked with us, speaks of his presence, and very simply just who he was. While he opened the Scriptures, it speaks of the change that the Word of God can make in your life. And as they went on their way, it begins to reveal the difference that Jesus Christ made in just a short amount of time. It's been said many times, and I close with this this morning. That there are many times whenever we will miss a church service and you don't know what you are missing. And that is true. You don't know what you're missing. You choose maybe to miss a church service or you neglect the Lord or maybe you stop walking with the Lord and you stop opening your Bible, you stop spending time in prayer and you look back and you say, I don't know what I missed. But you can rest assured this, you missed a lot. You say, well, how do you know? How do you know I might not have missed any service where the Lord could have changed my life? Every opportunity that you open the doors of the church, you open the Word of God, you spend time in prayer, if you yield yourself to the Lord, you will walk away encouraged every single time. Can I share with you the, 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 the fact that I am standing up here preaching right this very moment is not because there were extraordinary days where God began to deal with me. It was on those ordinary days when I wanted to quit where God's faithfulness and God's reminder of his mercy and his grace within my life became so real. It was on those ordinary days when I realized the Lord is still worthy and he's not only worthy for the extraordinary days. 
He's worthy for all the days of my life, as the psalmist would say in Psalm 23. And I realized rather quickly that if I ever want my heart to stay on fire and burn for the Lord, then I need to get into his presence often. I need to get into his word often, and I need to commune with him. Can I ask you this question? When was the last time you did any of those things? Lord, we do thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. I pray that you would help us this morning, guide us and direct us. We thank you for how wonderful you are. And, Lord, this morning we're asking that you would just do a great work, Lord, that you would use this all. Uh,